Welcome to Thomas Anonymous, a memoir with Tommy Natoli. That's me. Each episode reveals a chapter from my life growing up a gay boy in a straight man's world. From having to play Little League to getting blown at rest stops, I cover it all. So buckle up, it's going to be a truthful, sparkly ride. Today I have debuting for you Chapter 1, Jesus Loves Me, Duh. Now that I am allegedly a grown-up, I can look into the past and see all of the things that contributed to me being such a pussy about being gay. Religion was in and out of my life growing up, and it taught me that gay people were to burn in hell for their sins. No pressure. Growing up in my family, we used to bounce back and forth between Christian and Catholic churches. One week we would be in a dark, cryptic Catholic church taking communion. The next week we would be at a Baptist retreat getting dunked in a lake. I guess you could say we were bipolar religious flip-floppers. I wish I could report all of the horrible, prejudiced things the church said about gay people. But for me, and the experiences I had with religion, it was never like that. Homosexuality was for sure a sin, but they just lumped it in with all the other sins, like it was no big deal. Thou shalt not steal, lie, covet thy wife, or suck a big fat D. For me, I was, of course, terrified of going to hell like everybody was, but I wasn't that worried about actually ending up there. I mean, sure, it sounded scary and everything, but it also seemed like it was super avoidable. No matter how evil and dark they painted hell to be, the contradiction was always clear. If you say you're sorry and ask for forgiveness, then you get to go to heaven. So as you can imagine hearing that, I wasn't too worried. I mean, it seemed to me like you could live your entire life being a dick and then at any moment pray to God and ask for forgiveness and bam, you're in. Religion didn't teach me how horrible and disgusting and bad gay people were. Adults did. Television did. The society and culture around me that I was observing as a new human being was telling me everything I needed to know. I think the fact that adults around me as a kid never even mentioned or talked about gay people was enough to know how evil it was. It was one of those things where if the topic came up, adults would get really quiet and change the subject. Like cancer or Donald Trump. My uncle Michael was gay and he lived with his partner Charlie. They were pretty fabulous and I loved them a lot, but I had no idea they were gay. We would visit them in their awesome gay condo and play croquette in the backyard and we always wondered, gosh, it's so fun here, how come we don't come here all the time? The whole time never once knowing what gay was or that they were it. That is how much people didn't talk about homosexuality. I think I escaped the claws of religious control because we were such flip-floppers. I always knew whatever we were knee-deep in was just temporary. My mom was a baby boomer who was raised by alcoholics in the 60s and 70s, so needless to say, she was a mess. She always kept a positive attitude, though, like if we were ever stuck in traffic, she would always say, Oh, this is our guardian angel keeping us safe from an accident up ahead. I assume it was the same angel who kept us safe while she sped down the freeway putting on mascara. When I was really little, we were on an upswing mood of hardcore Christianity. Lots of praying and singing and absolutely no trick-or-treating. We went every Sunday to your standard white, all-American Christian church. It was there that I would see adults consume bread and wine and watch my mom sing in the Sunday band. And also one time I watched a man slice the head off a Care Bear-shaped birthday cake. After divorce number two and baby daddy number three, yeah, she was busy. We moved across town and started going to the Black Baptist Church. It was less of a church and more of an old library in the basement of a brick building. 
Now, that church was awesome. I mean, my favorite memories of religion are with the basement Baptist church people. The best part about this church was that every Sunday after service, they had popsicles for everyone. Popsicles! Ice, cold, kid-loving, yummy popsicles. These people clearly had their shit together. They never had popsicles at Catholic church, that is for sure. They just had those horrible stale wafers they make you eat at communion and it tastes like you just took a bite of a shoe. It's disgusting. I mean, can't they put some salsa up there? Now, most real Catholics have their first communion when they're about six years old. The boys get tiny little suits, and the girls get little mini wedding dresses, and their journey of shame and self-loathing begins. I had my first communion when I was 11. Like a 30-something-year-old in Hollywood, I was embarrassed by my age. Catholics sure do know how to make you feel welcome. Luckily, they didn't make my overgrown tween self do my first communion with a bunch of six-year-olds. They let me sit in the back of the church while all the little kids sat in the front row ready for their first taste of shoe wafer. Then when it was time for the adults to take their communion, I got in line with them. This was the day I learned what anticlimactic meant. I already hated being a Catholic and I couldn't wait until we quit one day. But before I could quit, I had to do my first confession. It would be my very first and very last Catholic confession. Me! The whole thing just seemed so strange. I just tried to block it all out by fantasizing about being Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act. I was scared of confession and I was scared to tell this strange man the real sins I'd been committing. I felt like God wasn't even in this place. The real God wouldn't be in such a dreary, horrible place. I'm pretty sure the real God was definitely back at the Popsicle Church. I started to panic in that stupid confession box as the divider screen was pulled back and the profile of a bearded priest emerged. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. This is my first confession. Um, I... I was really... I was mean to my little sister, and I say bad words? Amen? What in the hell? Did I just straight up lie at my first slash last confession? Well, not really. I just left out most of the truth and most of the sins. The priest seemed like this was any old Sunday and he could really care less. He assigned me some Our Fathers and Hail Marys and basically told me to get the fuck out. Thinking back on it now, I really wish I'd taken that moment, the one and only Catholic confession of mine, and just told him everything. But really, how bad could the truth from the 11-year-old me be? 11-year-old me telling the truth. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. This is my first confession. I think about sex all the time. In fact, I'm thinking about your private spot right now. You have a beard, and that automatically makes me think of your pubic hair. I have some light pubic hair, and right now in life, I'm obsessed with pubic hair. Also, I play with my penis a lot. I haven't blown a load yet, but I don't even know what that means. I think it has something to do with sperm. And Joe Kruniak told me at lunch one day that sperm is like moss that grows around the base of your penis. Anyway, more sins. Also, I'm a thief. I steal cigarettes from my older sister Michelle from Cumberland Farms. What I do is I grab the packs of cigarettes and then I shove them down my pants. Sometimes I even smoke them too, but I do it all wrong. Um, once in a while I'll steal money from my stepfather, Fat Matt, but that's only because I hate him. What else? Let's see. Um, oh yeah, sometimes when I'm at my friend Raymond's house, I get really mad about life and I pinch his little brother until he cries. And then when his mom comes in the room, I pretend to not know what's going on. When I have sleepovers with other boys, I show them my private area. Oh, I called Raymond's mom a fat fuck and I got busted for it. Oh, I uh, also wrote fuck Mrs. Smith on the counter at school with yellow crayon. Then Chris Nault ratted me out, so I don't know if that counts as a sin since I got caught. Oh, I flipped off Mr. Gustafson while he read to us. I've stolen school lunches. I fight with teachers. I get kicked out of class. Oh, and also one time I shoved Raymond's moon rock down the sink. But I highly doubt it was a real moon rock. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow, I guess when I was 11, I was a little dickhead. 
I think at this point it's clear that I didn't do any of the Hail Marys or Our Fathers that were assigned to me. Truthfully, I only knew the first two lines of the Hail Mary and mostly improvised through the Lord's Prayer. I sat in the back pew of St. Margaret's Church and bowed my head down as I wondered, God, why? But my Catholic journey wasn't over yet. Next up in life was CCD. I don't even know what that was. What did that stand for, anyway, CCD? Catechism? Catholic class? I suppose I could Google that, but it just doesn't seem worth it. Whatever it was called, I somehow got hoodwinked into going. CCD was like Sunday school for preteens, except on a Wednesday night, and there were no snacks. Lame. The class was horrible, the teacher had terrible fashion sense, and was just constantly spouting misconstrued stories about Jesus. Poor, cool-ass Jesus getting his name dragged through the mud. Talk about fake news. I went to CCD for a couple months before I quit. The last time I went to CCD class, it was the big Christmas party. Finally, something worth going to class for. At least there's gonna be cupcakes! For the first time ever, I arrived to CCD class excited and happy, only to find that there were no Christmas decorations, no tree, no sugar cookies in the shape of bells. Instead, it was an over-the-top, happy birthday Jesus extravaganza. Balloons, banners, everything was decked out like a wealthy toddler's birthday party. I'm surprised there wasn't a goddamn Build-A-Bear tent. And just when I thought it couldn't get any more bizarre, the teacher came in with a big birthday cake and candles ablaze singing, Happy birthday to you. Yeah, we sang the entire song to Jesus, who, just to remind you, is totally dead. (sighs) I couldn't believe it. Like, were we also going to sit and watch invisible dead Jesus open his presence? The quitter inside me told me to leave right then and there. But the logical, responsible part of me said, no, there's still cake. And I knew I couldn't just quit. My mom was on a religious bender, and our Catholic confirmation was her goal. Until I could come up with a good plan, I just started skipping class each week, like a badass. Every week, she would drop me off, and every week I would just go sit on the swing set for a couple hours until I got picked up. As cool as this was to feel like a Jesus rebel cutting class and hanging out in the park, it was winter on the East Coast, and my rebel swing set was cold as fuck. I needed to put a pin in this whole Catholic downswing mood she was in, so I did what any other 11-year-old wannabe actor would have done. I cried. I spent the last night of my swing set working myself up to tears. When mom and fat Matt picked me up, I got in the car and I cried and I cried and I cried that I never wanted to go back there because all the other boys called me names. That wasn't a total lie. I mean, I hated the guys in class because, yeah, they called me gay and stuff, but I'd gotten used to it. It didn't feel like they were bullies. just felt like they were assholes. I don't know if Mom and Fat Matt felt bad for me, or if they just didn't want to deal with my drama every week, or maybe they were just sick of driving across town every Wednesday night. The point is, by the time we reached our house, I could hear the announcer saying, And the Oscar goes to... Me... And that was it. I never had to go back again. Little did I know, a year later... We would enter into upswing religious mood, and then I'd get shipped off to Christian camp. God bless it. You learn really important things at overnight Christian camp for six weeks. Life skills, like how to live without your parents, how to socialize independently, and most importantly, how to jerk off quietly in a sleeping bag. Camp Clear was where they shipped me off to a year after becoming a CCD dropout. It was a teeny tiny little shit shack of a camp, 
that was run by a young, crazy white people. 20-something-year-old Jesus freaks were in charge of the place, so most of the time everything was a disaster. In the middle of the night, you could hear staff members outside chanting and speaking in tongues. And that wasn't even the worst part. They used to sometimes search all of our stuff while we were at lunch, and they would burn all of the items they considered satanic. Metallica cassettes, rap albums, and black candles were among what they usually found. I don't know what's so wrong with being a 12-year-old with black candles, but whatever. The camp counselors used to preach their detailed testimonials about having hot, sweaty sex, along with many tales of cocaine and heroin. Top all this off with our camp director doing a reenactment of Jesus' death with fake blood, a life-size cross, and basically everything but the holy kitchen sink. Ah, memories. That summer, I became very close with one of the counselors. We did everything together, from arts and crafts to archery, and of course, the summer camp classic, dry humping. I mean, that may seem inappropriate, but she was only 18 and I was only 12, so like I said, totally inappropriate. Hey, Jessica, hope you're listening to this girl. Let's reconnect, but like in a non-sexual way. That whole situation got really awkward when Jessica told me that she had feelings for me. I mean, I was cool with the dry humping and kissing, but feelings? I'm 12, lady. I just figured out how to jerk off quietly in a sleeping bag. Which, by the way, I don't intend to stop anytime soon. As crazy as this place was, for me, it's always a pit stop down my Jesus memory lane. It really showed the 12-year-old me, the coming-of-age me, how fucked up the world really is. At that time, I was overcome with feeling how big the world is and how everything just really seemed stupid. The world was stupid. My mom was stupid. Her husband was stupid. The crazy guy at camp pretending to be crucified was stupid. Everything was just so stupid. One last thing. The best part about Camp Clear was that they would regularly bring in drug dogs to make sure none of the older teens had drugs. Really? Come on, you guys. This is Christian camp. You shouldn't be sniffing for drugs. You should be sniffing for sex. Yay! Make sure to follow me on Instagram at the Tommy Natoli. And you can also follow the show on Instagram at Thomas Anonymous Pod. Leave us a review on iTunes or just take a screenshot of some nice words you wrote and put it on the socials. What do I care? Express yourself. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye.